This episode of Little Bit Leave It is brought to you by the Birthday CD, the ideal music for any birthday celebration. Previously, on Little Bit Leave It. Hey everybody, welcome back to Little Bit Leave It, the podcast where we talk Love Island UK in the USA. My name is Ben, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Rebecca. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Um, It is March 361st. Yep. I can't remember the last time I went anywhere. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's boring as usual. Okay. Well, I think we've got a really exciting episode today, at least. I think we've got a classic, right? We've got a recoupling. There is a whole lot going on. We're going to do a deep dive into Bristol in honor of Shaunice getting shafted. And we've got some slang. We've got some fashion. We've got couples to rank. Let's get into it. Shaunice gets the shaft. <laughs> Unfortunately, Shanice doesn't get the shaft. Not the one she wanted. That's really what this is about. But before we get into any dates or recouplings, the episode opens with... Paige and Finn still fighting. Still fighting. But they work it out like adults. And it's really amazing because in most Love Island fights, all you have to do is stop talking and just validate the other person's feelings even if you disagree even if you didn't mean to hurt them just shut up listen and acknowledge them precious few people on the show can actually do that is that like a self-awareness thing or yeah like, or like a maturity thing yeah i think so all right i mean that's ultimately what you hope to see is the people who can't do that at the beginning of the season at some point during the season they they learn to listen well, Paige and Finn are very good at reconciling their differences. Yep, they certainly are. So after Finn apologizes, we have the dates. Yay! We've got Luke T and Shawnice, Luke M and Jess. Which one do you want to talk about first? Oh, we have to talk about Luke T and Shawnice first. Okay, so of course Luke says her name correctly, right? That's a That's a big plus. Yeah, he also asked her for a cuddle on the way to the date, and that was so cute and she was so into it cuddles of course being hugs yes yes and he asked her a lot of questions in the date i noticed well he's cheeky and she has a bit of sass to give to him um, which is stupid but the look on her face was great yeah it absolutely was and it really is a match right off the bat uh shanice brings up kids and luke t is not scared off no he tells her when you smile it makes me smile I mean, that's, that's, that's it. That doesn't get better than that. No, I actually do think it gets better than that because what does Luke T say all the time? What Shawnee-ism is he saying here on this date? A hundred percent. And then she tells the girls that she felt like she had known him for ages. Yep. And Luke T wakes up glowing. Glowing. Although I don't know how much of that is Shawnee's and what may or may not occur later. Ooh. No, nothing like that. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so what about Luke M and Jess? How do you feel about that one? They're trying. Jess and Luke with an M. She calls him Luke with an M, which I also really like. Really? Like Connor with a G. 
She only does it once and it's, you know, it's just a trip up, but it was really cute. So she's asking questions and the traditional get to know you vein, which we don't, you know, we've talked about how getting to know you on a reality show doesn't really mean getting to know you. Right. But that's exactly what she's doing. She's asking his interests and hobbies and what he does for a living. It was boring, but they were trying and they both had a good date. It was cute. It was fine. Yeah, he comes off already as very nice, if a bit dull. He does really love mayonnaise. That comes out. Yeah, he and Tommy should be mayonnaise buddies. Yeah, they could uh, open up a mayonnaise store together. I wonder if Lucy is like the mayonnaise connection. Well, Lucy is uh, pretty white bread, that's for sure. White, bland, and sticky. And racist. Yeah, okay. One other thing about this date I wanted to ask you. Is Jess smart? I mean, she is in university, but she seems pretty ignorant as to geography. Well, it's Eve who's the geography major. That's right. Oh, I forgot that. Jess is the psychology major. So she doesn't know where Middlesboro is that where Luke is from? She has no idea where it is. I know he's from Red Car. But I guess that's in Middleborough or near Middleborough, maybe, unless you just made that up. I I may have just made that up entirely. I know that he's from way north. And she's like, oh, is that near London? And he's like, actually, no, it is nowhere near London. It is the complete opposite side of the country. And I found that amusing. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty stupid about some things. Sure. I'm, I'm stupid about some things, too. But I have a general idea of like where all the 50 states are and where... You know, cities are in a lot of states. But you're twice her age. This is true. But, you know, I also feel like even by about 20, I I don't think I've learned a lot of those things since I was 20. Look, a lot of 20-year-olds didn't have the life that you had. Of studying maps and globes. And moving from place to place. This is true. Moving from place to place. Maybe that is a little bit of my interest in maps. Who knows? So after these dates, we've got the... Core four, as they are now known uh, officially, the core four for at least this segment of season six, Sophie, Original Connor, Callum, and Shauna. What are they talking about? Sophie is giving them a rundown on the two new Lukes. And I'm not a Sophie lover, but I'm going to defend her in this beginning part because I don't think that what she said... They're good looking. They're nice. Luke M has unreal eyes. She didn't sound thirsty for any of it. Yeah, I think that Connor way overreacts here. Well, Callum jokes about how Sophie and Shauna are not saying anything nice about him. And Connor storms off. Connor storms off. So there's, as a real, he does. there's a real big difference in how they react to it. And again, I stand up for Sophie and Shauna. Neither of them were saying anything thirsty. And Sophie's not shy about making thirsty jokes. Nope, she's just winding Connor up again. I thought he was just being obnoxious, but later she claims that she was joking with him. So either she's trying to defend herself against his babyosity, or it was intended to wind him up and she continues to be an asshole. And either one is plausible to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that she was winding him up a little bit and he was way overreacting. I think it can be both, right? And why did he claim she pissed off other people with her description of the Lukes? I don't know. Callum and Shauna were the only other ones sitting there and they didn't seem particularly upset unless he meant Callum's joke because he left after Callum's joke. Callum wasn't upset. Well, if Callum's joke reflected how Connor actually felt, 
Maybe, Connor. Maybe that cu- cut Connor a little deeply. Who knows? Wow. That was like alphabet soup, but that was a good point. And yeah. I liked it. Okay, so in the morning, Connor is very regretful and he knows he went fucking nuts. His words, not mine. But it's too late. I mean, it's not too late. Nothing's changed. But he needs to get to the point again because he was there for a minute. He needs to get back to that point where he should know exactly who Sophie is by now. Yeah, no, he's he's trying get to get back to that point where he has the confidence that she finds so attractive. But Shauna does not want to let him get there. She is planting seeds that Sophie should dump Connor because he's too overbearing. Yeah, she tries to convince Sophie that she won't be able to get to know the new boys because Connor will just kick off. And Shauna's not wrong, but... She's ignoring that Sophie actually likes being with Connor. Shauna really has it in for Connor. Yeah, I think we... know we, that at this point. Yeah, I think we've been debating it back and forth, but I think it's Connor she has the problem with. So then we got a text. Or actually, the Lukes got some texts. They get two more dates. Yeah, I really loved seeing Luke T in Shawnee's Martian sunglasses. And as he went to go ask Leanne for a date wearing Shawnee's sunglasses, I thought she looked the right amount of jocularly annoyed. She does say, he better bring back those sunglasses before the date, right? Yeah, and I'm just thinking back to summer camp when if you wore a boy's piece of clothing or something, or a boy wore yours, it wasn't like a big deal like you were going steady, but it was a status symbol for sure. Oh yeah, it was it was symbolic, I would imagine. So Luke M picks Paige to go on a date and then everyone watches the dates. Yeah, so Finn is pranging and hoping she has a rubbish date. Mike is cocky about Luke T's date with Leanne. So it's interesting to see their reactions. One question I had about this is do the Islanders gradually lose interest in watching these dates or are they told to move to avoid distracting the daters? What do you think? Let me. Like, do you think that the producers might have encouraged the Islanders who are watching to maybe not watch to get better footage on the dates? Because, you know, at first we see all of the Islanders really watching intently and then they cut away, they cut back a few seconds later, there's only a couple of them watching, and they're kind of not really watching closely. They're kind of pushed, they're a few feet away. I think they're shallow people with short attention spans. So you are for the former, that they just gradually lose interest, or they quickly lose interest. Yeah, and if it's cold that night? It was during the day, remember? This is daytime. If it's cold during the day? Yeah, I don't remember if this was a super cold day or not, though this season, I know that everybody was cold a lot. let's talk about the dates. Okay. We kind of wandered off. So Luke M is a music boy. Oh, yeah. He's a music boy. In Paige's words. Uh, He plays guitar and piano, and he and Paige both party. Yes. They had some good banter. They do. I think if Finn was never on the show, I think Luke M and Paige could have had something. I'm not saying necessarily everything, but I think it would have been interesting to watch. I think she would have made him more interesting. Well, I think they could have had a band together. So we'll see if her head is turned. We'll see if maybe they form a band in the future. No, nothing to this point would rule it out, right? They- she, you know, she said that she might be a believer, but also Finn is a big handsome bastard. So it is quite a hard choice. 
Yeah, I, I think they need some other Love Islanders to fill out the lineup for this band. Jamie? And then, Jamie, sure. Yeah. I think uh, we got to find all the musicians and let's let's do this. Let's put it together. Super group. After the pandemic, a Love Island pop super group, right? Can we have the uh, theater actors in there too? Samira and Amber? Yeah, I think Samira can sing. I know that. I yeah, think Amber can sing too, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The theater. Yeah, yeah They're definitely. both on the West End. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they have to. And a big dance number. Yeah, big, big dance number. So meanwhile, Luke T is worried that he's cocky with Leanne. And again, like Mike is acting cocky cocky. He knows that Leanne is coming back to him. Or she says as much too. So whatever. But Luke T is very concerned with how he appears and wants to be seen as a good guy. Yeah, Luke T doesn't like that Leanne thinks that he's cocky. She doesn't seem to get that. He's playful. They seem to be operating on different wavelengths. Yeah. So then we get second dates. Luke T picks Rebecca. and Ooh, Luke. he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Well, Luke T picks Rebecca and Luke M picks Sophie. Ooh, he shouldn't have done that. Well, I'm wondering, do you think that the producers set one or both of these up? There's only so many people to take out. So, and you have yeah. to take three. That's a lot of dates. It is. It is. And they all see that Callum and Shauna are pretty ensconced. Yep. And don't all the other girls get taken out? Even Mike and Leanne are fairly ensconced, I think, at this point. But what's interesting is now we got the Connors in the same boat. Yeah, it's really funny watching them on the catwalk. Who thought I'd be up here with you? Yeah, that, that was funny. And Rebecca is flirting pretty hard. Rebecca? tells Luke T that she and Kana fizzled out. But does he know that? Yeah, I don't think he does. So she lured him in for no good reason. If she's telling him there's no chemistry. Yeah, they fizzled out in about 12 hours, I suppose. Yeah, but Rebecca and Luke T can't work out. They would compete for the spotlight. And he can share it, but she can't. Yeah. Uh, The whole date was flirty but hollow. So the question for the recoupling really is, is Luke T in it for love or for ass? And if he he just wants to like hook up with Rebecca, you know what? More power to him. Yeah, it's a free country. She's obviously very outgoing and flirtatious. And I'm sure she would welcome any advances. That's not to trash talk her in any way this time. I think he knows the decision he has to make also. For sure. Uh, then we got Luke M and Sophie, where she's really just complaining about Connor for a lot of this date. Yeah, she's telling on Connor and it is not cool. Yeah, one thing I uh, did not realize when we first watched this show, and this is not spoiler content, Sophie is the younger sister of a much more famous reality TV personality. So in some ways... Uh, Sophie is kind of like the Ashley Simpson of, of Love Island, right? Or, or the little Lawrence brother. The little Lawrence brother. I like that. So these dates, they happen. Happen. And then uh, we got Sophie. She pulls Connor for a chat. She tries to reassure him, but she doesn't do that great of a job. And it kind of just turns into a fight, huh? Well, Connor is bored by serious chatting, so how can he ever expect to get anywhere if he has, doesn't want to have a conversation about communication? Yeah, he, well, he's also just not receptive to her emotional support and is very rejecting of the label of being sensitive. 
Yeah, well, he's either annoyed or cool, as they said on the show, and he just can't seem to find a balance. And of course, the guys break it to Connor that he is, in fact, quite sensitive. Yeah. Can we talk about Leanne and Mike for a second? Sure, why not? Because this is around the same time. So Leanne liked Mike, right? But she was telling him to keep it slow. They got closer together. She pushed him away, told him they should just be friends, wouldn't give him a hug, started kissing him at night. And now are cuddling again and she's reassuring him that she's going to pick him. What is happening here? I have no idea. I think she just wants her mic cake and then to eat other cake too. So she doesn't want to eat the mic cake. She just wants to have the mic cake. Is this another cannibalism thing? No, actually. It's about cake. Okay. It's all cake. It's It's all cake. All cake. Cake for days. Cake for days. So then we see some girls comparing notes and Rebecca, Jess, Shanice, they're all talking and Shanice is not amused, is she? Why is Rebecca confiding in Shanice about her date with Luke T? That is, that is some serious girl aggression. Rebecca is just, she is amazing, right? She is the Naomi of this season I accept she is just so, I mean, Naomi was very aggressive and ballsy and out front about this stuff too, I suppose. Yeah, but Rebecca has BDE where Naomi didn't. Yeah, Naomi actually was very sneaky. Rebecca is just in your face. I'm going to take your guy twice. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get the sense that he wasn't into me. I thought that was actually pretty diplomatic. And I love how Jess comments about how awkward the situation is. Yeah. Poor Jess. Shawnice knows it's coming though. And we've seen that Luke T has been talking a lot about Rebecca to the guys. Yep. So maybe he didn't feel that connection with Shawnice. He didn't feel the same like Willy Wiggles. Is that like Fanny Flutters? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Willy Wiggles. Yeah, I can see that. Willy Wiggles that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So we had the Willy. It's better than like ball bubbles or something. So. So we had the willy testicular wi- tickling, <laughs> testicular tickling. That would be another one. <laughs> That's an album name. No, I, I like Willie Wiggles. That's good for Fanny Flutters, the male corollary. Yeah. yeah. So he got the Willie. <laughs> oh my God. He got the Willie Wiggles for Rebecca. Yep. But the Hardy. No, don't go. Don't even try. He got the Willie Wiggles for Rebecca, but he has a, he has a love a, connection with Sean. He has Shonis. a heart on a heart on, oh man, a heart on for Shawnees. I like that. That's you, you, You're the champion. You win. You uh, won today. You won the episode. Congratulations. All right, so can we just stop then? No, we got to finish. Uh, we have a lot to get through because we got the 13th night of Love Island season six. The couples have all these chats. We got Luke M and Jess, Luke T and Shawnice, Finn and Paige, Nas and Jess, Nas and Shawnice, Rebecca and Luke T, Paige and Luke M, Connor with a G and Rebecca. Oh my gosh, so many couple chats before this recoupling. All right there, Grandpa. The only one I wanted to say anything about was Nas because he pitches to Jess and Shawnice to save him. He lobbies Jess really hard. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to work, Nas. Well, we'll see you in five seconds. We will. We'll see in five seconds because then we've got the recoupling. It's girls' choice. Ladies, it's ladies' choice tonight on Love Island Season 6. We've got the second recoupling of the season. So first up is Leanne and 
And she can't cope. She can't cope, but she can pick. As usual. But did you notice her speech to Mike was all about her? He cares for her. He's patient with her. He makes her toast. I did not notice that at all. It's not about him. huh? No, it's not about him. It's about what he does for her. Again, she is keeping him on a string. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So after Leanne, we've got Shauna. And Shauna, of course, chooses Callum. I have nothing written down about that. Okay. After that, we got Sophie. Sophie chooses original Connor, as expected. And she said Connor correctly. She didn't make a stupid joke. She was genuinely affectionate in her speech. And so maybe we had a little spark of growth. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I think so. Then we've got Rebecca. The worst Rebecca. She really rubs it in, too, when she picks Luke T. I can't wait to be in a couple with this boy. Oh, wow. And Sophie and Original Connor are pissed. Luke T is shocked. I think the whole place just went silent and all the air changed in the room. You mean there's someone let the air out of the room or something? No, it, it went from like a happy, excited energy to a an anxious, angry it, one. So no, you could hear a pin drop. Yes. Hear a pin drop for Paige, who picks next. And of course, she picks Finn. No surprise there. No, big surprise. You think? She was talking through the episode about how her head could be turned by Luke M. And then she purposely wrote a nail biter of a speech because when... They sat down. When Paige and Finn sat down, she asks them, did you shit it? Yep. That was a little bit of, of a trap. I wanted you to, to say all of that because when we ranked the couples later in the episode, I want you to remember all the things that you just said. Okay? You can go suck a pear. Yep. Yep. I gotcha. I gotcha. So after Paige picks Finn, we've got Jess picks Luke M. And that's expected and two vapid boring people right i'm not gonna let you talk about jess like that okay she is vapid and she is boring but she's also one of the better humans on this show no doubt no doubt and luke m too yeah, yeah. except not now but on the show he was okay yeah so shawnice has to pick her poison between nas and kana with a g yeah and so is she going to get back in the friendship couple that she worked so hard to escape? Or does she have no dignity and go crawling back to Connor? Well, surprisingly, she gave a beautiful, respectful speech about Nas, and she completes her face turn. And if you want to know what that means... Listen to our uh, January episode that came out, the big special that we did. It's like an hour long. It's all about analyzing Love Island through the lens of professional wrestling. It's very fun. We talk about faces and heels and kayfabe and kind of how we all play along with the stories where the couples are mostly fake, but the feelings are mostly real. Love Island, UK. So yes, Shawnice completes her face turn by picking Nas and we lose Kana with a G. I was actually proud of Sha Shanice, and I was happy to see Nas stay. Yeah, I think it would have been a real, it would have changed the arc of events, I think, if she had picked Kana, because he would have just done that to her again, or Rebecca would have doubled back yeah. and sniped him away again. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this was a good move. We saw growth from Shanice, and we saw 
Kana get a taste of his own medicine, and Rebecca reigns unchecked. Rebecca reigns supreme. Kana, with a G, is eliminated. He actually takes it pretty well. And then the episode ends with a vote, a public vote for couples. And the Lukes are not included. The Lukes and their respective girls are safe from elimination. But it looks like we will have a couple eliminated next episode or maybe in two episodes. We'll see. Yeah. So that will be exciting to see what happens and the changes to the villa that result. So that does it for the episode recap. And this episode of Little Bit Leave It is sponsored by the Birthday CD. Are you looking for the perfect birthday gift? From swing to country, disco to Tchaikovsky, the Birthday CD contains 50 unique instrumental versions of the song Happy Birthday to You, all conveniently together on one compact disc. Many of the pieces cleverly combine the Happy Birthday melody with other famous compositions, such as Surfin' USA, New York, New York, and the theme from Mission Impossible. But this CD is not just for people who love the Happy Birthday song. It's also an essential supply for any birthday party. It's versatile enough for any birthday celebration with tracks such as College Birthday, Disco Birthday, and even Melancholy Birthday. Celebrate multiculturalism with the not-at-all-racist Mexican Birthday, African Birthday, and Arabian Birthday, none of which reduce complex and beautiful cultural traditions to a 90-second review of tropes and stereotypes filtered through a Casio synthesizer from 2003 owned by a sad, lonely middle school band teacher who conceived of this project when no one had remembered to wish him a happy birthday for the seventh consecutive year. Order now and get the bonus track, Christmas Birthday! You may have been cheated out of gifts your whole life, but now you've got your very own birthday song. To order your very own copy of the birthday CD, send a check or money order for $24.95 to P.O. Box 4607, Paramus, New Jersey, or call 1-900-6-B-DAY-CD. That's 1-900-623-2923. Operators are standing by. Are they, though? That thing is 30 years old. Oh, is this... This email is that old that came in. This I thought this was a current order. Are we Paramus, New Jersey? Are we? Are they ordering the CDs from us? No, I, no. This is. I thought this was a legit ad that came in. No. I think it was a joke. I think somebody involved with this podcast wrote it. We are an independent podcast, and you can support a little bit. Leave it. On Patreon, that's right, we have subscriptions starting at $2 per month. That $2 will get you access to the episodes a couple days early, plus our spoiler content. That's right, after every single episode of Little Bit Leave It, we record extra content. And for $2 a month, you get that bonus content. If you join the Do Bit Society at $5 a month, you get even more bonus episodes that we work really hard on. Plus, you get to join the Discord and all kinds of other stuff. It's really cool. So that makes it time for our deep dive. Today, we are going to pay tribute to Shawnice and talk about Bristol. I think it'll be fun. I was surprised. It was really interesting. Really? Bristol has a cool history. Well, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? No, that was it. That was my deep dive. Oh, okay. 
Oh, I just gave a thumbs up and I realized that nobody could see me but Ben. Okay. Bristol is the most populous city in Southwest England. The population in 2019 was 467,000 people, which is less than Staten Island, which was almost 475,000 people. So suck it, Bristol. But I think that's kind of interesting. Bristol and Staten Island, about the same size. Huh. Yeah, they're about the same size, but Staten Island is better than Bristol in almost no ways. <laughs> okay, so well, what, what makes Bristol so great? Come on. Well... So you know how Shawnice is talking about going to the Disney store? Yeah, they don't have one in Bristol, yeah. So they're right across the River Severn. It's about 50 minutes driving or by train. Oh. So it's faster than me going to the West Village. Interesting. From here, anyway. Right, from here. It's at the confluence of two rivers, the Frome and the Avon, like the Shakespeare Avon. And so obviously that made it a really good place to set up a civilization. Flint tools between 126 and 300,000 years old were found there, indicating the presence of Neanderthals during the Middle Paleolithic era. Wow. Yeah, that's old as shit, right? Yeah. There were also Iron Age and Roman buildings in the area. It's been called... Bristol, basically, since the 11th century, which was ye old English for the place at the bridge, the oldest standing buildings in Bristol, St. James's Priory from 1129, then Bristol Cathedral and Great Gatehouse from 1140. There's also a 12th century church, St. Mary Radcliffe, that is the tallest building in Bristol. Well, that's the tallest building in Bristol? Yeah. So... Bristol does not have very many tall buildings, does it? Or it's a tall-ass church. <laughs> or it's a really, really, really tall church in Bristol, which I guess maybe comes from, yeah, Bridgetoe, Bridgetoe. Bristol received a royal charter in 1155, like making it an official place. There was a Jewish community from the late 12th to the late 13th century when Jews were expelled from England. It was the first county in England established 1373. From the 13th to the 18th century, Bristol was among the top three English cities after London in tax receipts. Bristol, York, and Norwich. However, during the Industrial Revolution, it was surpassed by Birmingham, Manchester, and Liverpool, which I would think of now as the bigger, the bigger cities that aren't London. Right. For sure. Okay. I hope everyone's enjoying their history lesson. If you don't, then you're in the wrong podcast. Bristol was the starting place for many voyages to the New World. Uh, on a ship out of Bristol in 1497, John Cabot, who is a Venetian. What? Cabot is a Venetian name? I'm guessing he was just rolling for the Venetians. Okay. I, I don't, you know, like Columbus like, was sailing for the Spanish. Uh-huh. So he became the first European to land on the mainland, North America. And in 1499, William Weston was the first Englishman to lead an exploration to North America. And where was he from? He was from Bristol. In the 16th century, they started doing a lot of trade with Spain and the American colonies. Illicit trade became a big part of their economy after 1558. What do you mean by illicit trade? They developed a smuggling ring with Spain during the Anglo-Spanish War from 1585 to 1604, sending food and guns to the country they were in a war with. Wow. Yeah, I could see why that would be illicit yeah. And so obviously it was a big launch spot for transport to the colonies. 
It was the center of the UK slave trade, carried over half a million people from Africa to the Americas. Wow. Bristol and Liverpool were part of the Triangle trade route. Plantation goods were delivered to the British aristocracy. England's slave trade was illegal in 1772, but they sent slaves to the U.S. until 1807. Wow. Uh, These Bristolians, they really, as I will also talk about, they're quite independent and stubborn people. Yeah, they are their own special posse people. Uh, So the ports began failing by 1867 because ships were bigger and they couldn't navigate the twists in the Avon River. And just when they thought they were fucked, the tobacco industry swooped in and the population quintupled. Yes, quintupled in the 19th century and, and grew steadily in the 20th century. So they make cigarettes there. Yeah, they're... Well, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. This is like a basically every geography report you wrote in like elementary school. Here are the important things in history. Here's their economy. Here's the population. So give me a minute, okay? It was heavily damaged in the Luftwaffe raids, Luftwaffe raids of World War II. And as they started to rebuild in the 60s and 70s, it brought mid-century modern architecture and skyscrapers and roads. So... Is that church we talked about before still the tallest building at this point? Or, I mean, now I'm thinking this is a really tall church, right? It could be. Huh. There are some tall-ass churches in Europe. There are. I've seen some. So here is where you can tell I had a million other things on my plate, right? From 1971 to 1981, the population dropped 40,000 people. Wow. But there was no reference. It was a really detailed site about the history of Bristol. It might have been Wikipedia. But they said nothing about it. Then I read that bungee jumping was invented there in 1979. And is it a coincidence? Hmm. That's a lot of people in two years. But if they were pioneering it, it could have been a rough road. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Think about the development of uh, bungee jumping. I could see they could face a little bit of a population decline. Yeah. So the docks moved south to Avonmouth and now Avonmouth, probably? Avonmouth? I like Avonmouth. <laughs> yeah, Avonmouth. Uh, and that was renovated into a leisure area, restaurants, shops, and a mall, etc. On June 7th, 2020, a statue of... Edward Colston, who was a huge slave trader, was torn down and pushed into the harbor. I remember reading about this. Yes, me too. It was taken out of the river on June 11th and will go into a museum. But you know what's really interesting? There had been talk since 2018 of adding an explanatory plaque to the statue. So while they were pussyfooting around what they should do with this super upsetting statue, finally, good for the people. Right, yeah. We fucked some shit up. This leads into another little bit of racist issues with Bristol. So the history is cool, but not all of it, obviously. Bristol is 84% white. In 2017, the Runnymede Trust found Bristol ranked 7th out of 348th in England and Wales on the Index of Multiple Inequality. That's not just like, oh, they have a problem. That's 7th out of 348. Wow, that's that's bad. Ethnic minorities are disadvantaged in England overall, but worse in Bristol, especially black groups who have the third highest level of educational inequality. So get your shit together, Bristol. The fuck. 
in other news, there's the West Country accent, which that Shawnee's has. That's someone comments on. Who comments on Shawnee's accent? I think uh, Ollie does, right? Yeah. So I don't really have anything to say about it because it doesn't sound that strange to me, but I'm going to read a quote. Linguist Stanley Ellis described Bristolian as, quote, a cranky, crazy crabapple tree of language and with the sharpest, juiciest flavor that I've heard for a long time. Does that make you think of Shawnee's talking? Because it's kind of a miss for me. Sharp and juicy. That does kind of describe Shawnee's though. We think about how she talked about the red hot chili peppers, for instance, right? And heavy metal. Yeah, it was very sharp and juicy. I Ew. like that. Yeah. The current economy, besides the tobacco industry, aerospace is a big part of their current economy. They made World War I and World War II fighter jets. They played a key role in developing the Concorde. Airbus and Rolls-Royce are headquartered there now. And Cameron Balloons, the largest hot air balloon manufacturer, is based in Bristol. And they host a yearly ballooning festival. Well, isn't that special? It's also home to Ardman Studios. What's that? Wallace and Gromit. Oh. Maybe I'm saying that wrong, too. Ardman. Ardman. Not to leave you on a too negative note, it was named one of the world's best cities in 2009, according to the DK Eyewitness series. Best city in Britain to live in 2014 and 2017 by the Sunday Times and the EU's Green Capital Award in 2015. Apparently, it's a really green city. And it has a lot of tourism, right? A lot of tourists go there, I imagine, for the historic sites, I'm guessing. And it's got the rivers and... Yeah, Wales is nearby. You can go to the Disney store. You can go to the Disney store in Cardiff. Sure. So like Shawnee's, Bristol has some idiosyncrasies. For example, there is a clock on the Corn Exchange building in the historic downtown Bristol. And let's put aside for a moment the issue of why people were exchanging corn. Perhaps it's a weird local custom. No, Uh, it's like a stock market thing. The corn market exchange right like orange juice pork corn oh see i was thinking that maybe people got there and they traded corn with each other but i guess yeah you trade corn for other things that makes a lot more sense yeah makes a lot more sense oh no yeah okay anyway anyway they've got this clock there and the clock has two minute hands why is that you ask why is that thank you as railroads became important with the industrial revolution It became important for everyone to know exactly what time it was, but it also became important for everyone to agree on what time it was, right? So otherwise, how do you know when the train is actually on time and when it's going to arrive? That's when Greenwich Meridian time became a thing and time became standardized. But a few places in the UK did not appreciate being told what to do, Bristol being one of them. Ooh, that's so Staten Island. It is. Maybe Bristol. We keep saying that Essex is the Staten Island of England, but I think maybe Bristol might be the Staten Island of England. It's hella racist. Essex is the Staten Island of London. Oh, okay. So Bristol could be the Staten Island of England. Sure. But I haven't seen enough yet. Yeah, it's hella racist. Staten Island's hella racist. And we've got historic Richmond Town. They've got the corn exchange with the two-minute hands. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Bristol, for five years after the introduction of standardized time in Britain, 
ran 10 minutes behind the rest of the country, which I think is just very, really funny. So its public clocks had to show two times, the standard time the railroads used, and of course, Bristol local time. And if, in case you thought the uh, people of Bristol had changed their ways, think again. In 2012, they decided to introduce their own currency, the Bristol Pound. Convert your British pound sterlings into a currency that can only be used in the Bristol area. And even within that area, it's only accepted at about 800 businesses. So there has to be like one bank that handles the pound, the Bristol pound. Yeah, I don't even think you really take them to a bank. I don't think banks are necessarily involved with so the Bristol you, pound. What do you do So them? the idea is that you take your British pounds and you go to convention and visitors authority or maybe it's their economic development authority you go to this government agency and you change your british pounds for bristol pounds and the bristol pounds you can use them at these certain stores and the idea is you keep money in the local economy and it just kind of recirculates among these stores they call it like a, a multiplier effect so the same bristol pound that's used to pay for dry cleaning could be used by the dry cleaner to i don't know buy some tea and then the person who sold the tea can go use the Bristol pound to, I don't know, pay their energy bill because you can actually pay your power bill in Bristol pounds if you're a customer of good energy. Bristol's 100% renewable energy provider. Talk about compounding benefits, right? This episode is sponsored by Good Energy, Bristol's 100% renewable energy provider. Yeah, see, Green City. Green City. There you go. Uh, unfortunately, to actually achieve those economic benefits, the use of the currency has to be you know, widespread enough. And the Bristol pound does not seem to have gotten there. So around the time of the onset of the global coronavirus pandemic, which, of course, is now still with us. Yep, it's still now still with us. We can safely say that even though we're recording this about a month before it's actually going to be uploaded and live for all of you to listen. But anyway, around the time of the start of the global coronavirus pandemic, local newspapers were reporting the entire Bristol Pound project was about to be shut down. The usage of the currency had been declining. But I think we should hand it to them. While their ancestors only managed to maintain Bristol time for five years, today's Bristolians managed to create and maintain their own currency for even longer. So kudos to you, Bristol. You're an odd duck, Bristol. An odd racist duck. Yeah, get your shit together. Be best, Bristol. Alrighty then, that was fun. We're back. And we're back with Culture Shock, huh? Culture Shock? Should yeah, we... there was only one, and I think you noticed it. Yes, of course. Pete Tong, right? That's yep. like something went wrong, right? Well, I looked it up and it's either a bit wrong or all wrong, depending on your source. So it's kind of a vast array of wrong. And who is Pete Tong? I don't know. Right? We, we can't figure that out. Did you look? I tried to look. I think I looked and I did not find anything. But hey, if anybody out there listening knows who Pete Tong is... Email us, littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter. I'm at LBLI Podcast and Becca is at LBLI Peng. That is right. 
P-E-N-G. Ping sort. Sounds like ping when you say it. So should we talk about the TNA report? It's fashion time. Yeah, let's do it. The TNA report. The TNA report. Not much this week, but we did have an F plus. That's how I make my notes. For Finn's NASA jacket. That was cool. Yeah, I also liked Connor's bomber jacket that was uh, at the first night we see in this episode, night 12 at the villa. I thought that's a cool jacket. Cool, cool. Lots of good jackets in this episode. Nice to have Connor have a moment since I rag on him so much, deservedly. I also liked Paige's black cutout bathing suit in the couple pics. It was good. That wasn't even like a dirty. It looked good. It was a cool suit. Go Paige. I had a positive on Leanne's orange suit with the black cover-up and bandana, and she was uh, wearing a gold necklace. I thought that was a really cool outfit, right? The orange and black and gold. Yeah, Leanne always looks dope. Yeah, she does. And I have an F-. minus. Do you have any? I do. I have one. Callum's black and white shirt at night. That was such a dumb shirt. I hated it. It was stupid and wrong. Uh, I didn't actually mind that one. But I did. I had one minus, and I did not like Kana with a G's uh, swimsuit getup with the watermelons all in the and the short and the pants. They look like pajamas to me. Look like kids' pajamas that he was wearing out all day while how they were at the I, pool. How did I not notice that? I don't know. I didn't really notice it until he put the shirt on, and I saw that it was all matching with the watermelon cartoon watermelon slices, and I just thought it was a little ridiculous. Wait a minute, Kana with a G was wearing a cartoon watermelon cohort. And I never noticed it in all the times I've watched this episode. I don't even know how that's possible. What else was happening in that scene? Were there people like making out next to them and I just didn't see it? Because, I mean, he's putting his shirt on. So it's not even like I would be distracted by too much caramel sauce. I don't know, man. I'm disappointed in myself. Yeah, who knows what that was? Weak sauce. All right, well, that's all I have, so I think it's time. And that is all I had as well. I think it's time to do that thing we do. Ooh, I think I know what you're talking about. Rank Rank the couples! Okay, so today, let's go from bottom to top. Yeah, that's how I like it. And leave a little bit of suspense. So at the very bottom, the hated Rebecca and Luke T. With apologies to Luke T. With apologies to Luke T. And at number six, Jess and Luke M. Yeah. Yeah. Meh. Those kisses look not super hot. We'll see. No, there was just a lot of other stuff in this episode that ranked higher than them. Like number five, Shawnice and Nas. Yeah, that speech she gave. Yeah, it was really good. And she rescued him when she didn't have to. And she's come around on him. She gets it. Yeah, I I was glad that she showed loyalty, but I was not surprised, obviously, that she did not pick kind of with a G who would just leave her for the next best looking girl that came through the door. So at number four, Paige and Finn. It breaks my heart to have them that low, but there we are. That's where they go, I think, at this episode. Number three, Leanne and Mike. Number two, Shauna and Callum. Cash. Cash money. And our number one couple of the episode, it's Sophie and Connor. A little shot of Soko. little shot of Soko. 
there you go. Yeah, you know, I have mixed feelings. When I'm listening to these and I edit them, and in one episode, I'm like, oh, I hate Sophie and Connor. And the next episode, I'm like, oh, I love Sophie and Connor a little bit. <laughs> well, I think I'm, I've been pretty consistent in that I am a fan. I like them as a couple, and I like this part of the season. I think this, I'm actually kind of getting a little sad because we are getting close to, well, I don't actually want to even talk about it because... That all that stuff is spoilers. And we can't talk about spoilers in the main episode. Oh, I'm so glad I caught myself. But it is time for us to go to Spoils of Love. So thank you, everybody, for listening once again. We would love for you to subscribe at patreon.com slash a little bit leave it. You get even more. So you can fork over your hard-earned money to listen to stupid shit like our spoiler-filled after show. And bonus episodes that are really long and yeah if 45 minutes of us wasn't enough you could get 90 minutes of us talking about geography rambling on about things that don't matter forgetting what we were saying all right so i think it's time for us to do our bits and skedaddle from staten island to love island my name is river garbage and i work for the government That is a true quote from our four-year-old. Good night.